Hey there, this is the Business Talk with Luke Guy and Team Show. I'm your host, Jaron Jackson. I wanted to welcome you all out here today because we have a very special guest by the name of Mark Hirschberg. And he is the author of the Career Toolkit, Essential Skills for Success That No One Taught You. Educated at MIT, Mark has spent his career launching and fixing new ventures at startups, Fortune 500s, and academia. He's developed new software languages, online marketplaces, new authentication systems, and tracked criminals and terrorists on the dark web. Mark helped create the Undergraduate Practice Opportunities Program, the MIT's Career Success Accelerator, where he's taught for 20 years. Mark also serves on the boards of nonprofits, Techie Youth, and Plant a Million Corals. Mark, it is a blast having you on the show, my man. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Love it. So let's dive in. Tell me the story of how and why you started your business and this book that you're writing. I have, throughout my career, been building traditional startups. I came out of MIT in the 90s with a couple degrees. It was a dot-com era. I started as a software developer, and I realized that if I wanted to become a CTO, which was my goal, it wasn't just about being a good software developer. There were all these other skills I would need that no one taught me. Leadership, learning how to hire people, team building, communication, negotiation, all these skills, but it's never taught in a standard curriculum. So I had to develop in myself and realize these skills help everyone, not just those of us at the C-level. So I had to train up my team because I couldn't find people to hire with these skills. They weren't taught them either. And so I've had my main career building a whole number of startup companies, helping Fortune 500s play startup. But I've had this side career where I've also been teaching for 20 years at MIT and other universities, trying to get these skills out into the workplace. And after 20 years of teaching, I thought, you know what? It is time to hit a wider audience. And I turned it into a book and an app as well. That wasn't the original intention, but the app is probably now going to launch into a side business as well. I love that, man. You've got a wide array of people that, that you've done this with. So who is the people you serve? And more importantly, why does that group of people even matter to you? The group that I serve are office workers, broadly, universally, no age restrictions, no industry restrictions, no geography restrictions. These skills are universal. The ones I mentioned before, like leadership, communications, networking, negotiations, they apply to all of us. And for whatever reason, innately inside me, it has always pained me when I see people with potential who are unable to realize it. People trying to get that promotion, trying to get that next job, who have some dream job, but they just don't know how to get there and they stagnate where they are. And I want to help these people. And so that's what I've been doing with my teaching, with some of my community service, and now with the book. I love that so much. So what has been the biggest motivation for you when things get, get hard in your company or working with people? Because we know it's not always a straight line up. <laughs> no, it's not. And I've definitely had zigs and zags. But I think there are two things that keep me going. One is just believing in what I do. And this is advice, we've probably all heard this before, do what you love. Because if I had to go through some of this with a job I didn't care about, I would get very unmotivated. But because I am passionate about this, I don't mind the setbacks. 
I'm going to work through it because I know the goal is worthwhile. And then also supporting me, having done so many businesses at so many different stages, I've seen lots of setbacks. I get through them. Sometimes we get through them where, okay, we found a way over, around, and basically continued going. Sometimes, yeah, the company didn't work out. But okay, that didn't harm me personally. Sure, as a setback, maybe the business closed, I needed a new job, but it didn't destroy my life. It's not like I lost someone close to me. It wasn't a health issue. So I know that any challenge I face, it's overcomable, right? There are more important things in this world than just a business setback. 100%. I love that. So explain to me a little bit more about your offer. What's the benefit of working with you and what do you offer? What I offer is the book and the app. Unlike most people who write a book like this, I'm not trying to be an executive coach. I don't want to coach people. I love being a CTO or COO at startup companies and building more traditional types of tech startups. I do a lot of cybersecurity, build a lot of marketplaces, and that's my main business. The side business of the book is just a passion project I like to do. And really this book and the content in it, it's not just, well, Mark had a couple ideas. This comes from 20 years of teaching at MIT. The input for the class and ultimately the book came from feedback that we got from corporate America and from founders and from a lot of different people saying, these are the important skills that we want to see in people who start companies with us or people we hire. And we've battle tested not only what's important, but how to teach it. So that all went into the book and the app and it's just there to help people. In my primary job, sure, I build and scale a whole bunch of interesting businesses, but here it's about helping people individually. Amazing. I love that so much. I think people really don't need another executive coach. There's a lot of people out there that, that do that. And you're really about looking at the, the one as an as a individual. And that's very powerful. And if I really just wanted to sell books, I wouldn't have done, for example, the app. It's a free app where I take a lot of the content from the book, the highlights of the book, I put into an app and give away for free because it's more important to me that this information gets out there and we help people achieve their potential, get as much as I can out of life rather than trying to get some consulting clients for me and charging some hourly rate. 100%, that's so true. That is so true, my man. So let's talk a little bit more about you. What is your superpower when it comes to gaining clients? I would say, integrity and commitment. It's a lot of word of mouth. And this is true for both how people find me and hire me to join their startup, to scale their startup. It's also true in how people are connecting with me about the book, whether it's promoting it or people hearing about buying it. It's good content. It's spoken from authority and from integrity, which is what I bring to everything I do. That is, that is powerful. I mean, especially in, in the age that we live in, we're all used to seeing each other on Zoom. And it's so important to, to really acknowledge that we're all people, we all have personalities, and this is who I am. This is what working with me is like. And if that's not for you, 
then great. And that's okay. So I really like that. Yeah, I've definitely ruffled some feathers at companies where I've said, this is not ethical. This is not appropriate. It might've been expedient from the business, but I felt it crossed certain lines I wasn't comfortable with. And I'm the type of person who will speak up, who will make waves if I think that's the right thing to do. That's not for everyone, but it's who I am. And businesses know that about me and my network knows that about me. I love that. Super cool. Super cool. So Mark, you have accomplished a lot in your life. You're a heavy hitter. What is the secret to hitting goals? That's a good question. <laughs> I have my guess, but I'm not going to claim to be the biggest expert on this. So here's how I approach it. One is raw intelligence. I really think intelligence just helps and anything you can do to improve your intelligence. Now they say, you know, your IQ is set. I think there's some variability in that. So work on training yourself to get smarter. Second is having a broad base of knowledge. Many people tell us, well, you need to focus on your area. You know, I do cybersecurity, be the cybersecurity expert. That's where you have to build your expertise, build your personal brand. I take a different path. Now, yes, I happen to be deep in that. I did my graduate work at MIT on that. Have some area where you have some depth, but really try to learn as much as you can from all sorts of different areas. It's why right now I'm reading a book on forensic accounting. I will probably never do forensic accounting, but that seemed kind of interesting. I've already read basic accounting books. I have learned finance and marketing and some sales and customer success. And I read all these different areas. And I read history. I read about people because you learn all these different ideas and together it gives you a more complex set of tools that will help you succeed. And then third, and this ties into my book, beyond just the knowledge, it's developing these other skills. So let me give you an example. Imagine someone who is brilliant. We'll take kind of the stereotype of that brilliant, but weird professor. Right? He's probably a genius, but he's so scatterbrained, so kind of confusing, it's hard to follow what he's doing. And if this guy has a great idea and he wants to go out and give talks on it, people don't want to listen to him to give talks. Right? He's hard to follow. He's not a great public speaker. That hurts his ability to get his message out. So what if he just invested a little time in becoming a better public speaker? Not some world-class TEDx speaker, but just a better on stage, acceptable. Now his brilliance, his ideas become so much wider in their reach because more people listen to him. All of us, we have whatever expertise is, but if we got a little better, whether it's in our public speaking, in our ability to lead, in our ability to be an effective teammate, in our ability to expand our network, all of these create multiplicative factors to whatever our core skill is. So have your competency, expand your knowledge set, but then also work on these other skills, the ones that we've mentioned before, because that's going to be a multiplicative effect and give you a great ROI when you invest in those skills on your overall competence and success. There is a lot of wisdom in that response. It makes me think of the T-shaped the individual that a lot of people talk about, where you have your core competency where you go deep, but you also 
underneath of that, you have a wide range of capabilities and general knowledge, and that allows you to literally go out there and crush your competition. Because if you are a business owner and you have no concept of, let's say, something simple like financial management, you're going to get hit pretty hard come tax time unless you either A, learn at least general accounting practices, or B, hire a good accountant. But even then, there's things you need to know to make good financial decisions in your business. So I really like what you had to share there. I'm going to go a step further with that model. So lots of people talk about the I versus T model. And these days, people also speak about the M model, the PI model, all these different versions. The model I like, and this was taught to me by Professor Charles Leiserson at MIT, is think about a rectangle. We're going to do a little bit of math here, tiny amount of middle school math. Imagine you have a rectangle that's four by 10, and you need to increase one of the sides by two units, and you want to maximize the area. So do you increase that long side, the 10 to 12, or the short side, four to six, to maximize the area? Now, if you remember math, you're going to say, okay, well, let's see. The short side, four to six, that gives us six by 10, that's 60. Okay, increase the short side. So was this have to do with T versus I versus any of these skills? Well, this goes to what I was saying a moment ago about the multiplicative factor, because that long side, right? That is your deep expertise. That's the genius you have in the short side is maybe your public speaking or the long side is your technical competency and the short side in your example was your lack of accounting knowledge, right? And by being super short, and having this long, thin rectangle, you don't have a lot of area, but spending a little time getting better on that short side, investing even as little as five, 10, 15 hours in a year to get better at, it has such a great return on whatever your core competency is. Now, of course, we're more than just two sides. So keep in mind those long sides, and you do have to invest in those. I, in technology, you know, I'm using technologies that didn't exist five, 10 years ago. I have to keep up with that, and all of us do in our fields but also put some time into those short sides. So true, man, I love that analogy. I hope everyone was taking notes, I know I am. Um, so really, you're like a, a tech ninja and you're good at helping people develop holistically. Speaking of ninjas, what is one black belt level tip you would give yourself if you had to start your company over tomorrow? That's a great question. Uh, I, so if I was doing it for this particular company, because uh, I've learned a lot of tips at a lot of different companies, uh, but when it comes to this one, I would say recognize once I get a certain level of competency, figure out how to best outsource that. Right? I'm a big believer that when you're starting something from scratch, you have to pay some attention to it. And this is, you've got an accountant, still look at your books early on to understand every line, everything that's happening. SEO, sit down next to your SEO person, say, why are you doing it this way? Why are you doing it that way? Understand the why. Once you do, then you can move to, yeah, we're gonna check in once a week, once a month, whatever is appropriate to say, okay, right, this looks right. So start by rolling up your sleeves and making sure you understand for at least a supervisory level, I probably in some areas could have handed things off a little sooner, 
Um, so that would be, if I could go back, that's what I would have done for this company. That's a really good lesson. I mean, we see it all the time when people, they either don't understand marketing or they don't understand sales. And so they go to hire someone. Like for instance, if you have a broken salesperson and you hire a broken sales process, sorry, no one's broken. And then you hire a commission only sales rep to help you sell your, your product, your service that you haven't sold anything of, that's just going to be a huge headache. Whereas if you've gone through the grunt work, if you understand what it takes to move people down the pipeline and build value, then you can pass that process off to someone. And even if they don't close at the same percentage rate as you, even if they only close 70% as good as you, that means you effectively doubled your potential output, and then you can focus on other aspects of the business. So that was a very powerful insight. Thank you for sharing. When I set out to publish the book, now I've built a lot of startup companies. I get the general concepts of building a company. I know how to build a financial model. I know how to market in a general sense, but there were a lot of things in publishing I didn't know. I had no idea, well, how do you actually get a book printed Right. I had no idea about, well, what is book marketing specifically? I know the general concepts, what do you do for this space? And so I read about 1500 articles and watched a bunch of videos on every aspect of publishing. Did I want to self-publish or traditionally publish? If you go one route, let's say self-publishing, things like selecting paperweight, trim size, that's the size of your book. You never think about that as a reader. You just say, I'm either buying this book or not right? What colors to use on your cover? What are the right fonts? These are little details. And these are the types of things. So we'll, we'll use the book as the example. No one ever buys a book and says, oh, hey, you got to buy this book. It has such a great font, right? No one pays attention to the font except a handful of people who are big font heads. But if you read a book and it has some horrible font and that makes it hard to read, it's going to hurt your experience you're not going to be excited about reading it or recommending it to others. Now, you say people judge a book by its cover. That is one directional. If it's a crappy cover, they don't pay attention to it. If it's a good cover, it means they might consider it depending on the content, right? So it's, it's a little one-sided. But you have to worry about all these details, like font, like figuring out how to distribute a book, all these details, pay attention to it. Because if you just say, oh, I'm going to let the publisher take care of it, or I'm going to trust them to do it. The incentives don't always align, especially when you understand like the principal agent problem. So recognize what you need to understand, make sure you're on top of it to start. And then once it's under control, once you have the understanding, that's when you can hand it off to others. Boom. I love that. So Mark, this has been awesome having you on the show. How can our guests find you? If they want to learn more about your offer, you can go to my website, thecareertoolkitbook.com. There you can learn more about the book and what's in it. There's a contact page. There's a resources page with a whole bunch of information on other resources to expand your skills in this area. They are all free. There's also the free app that you can download. It's linked from the website. You can download on the Android and Apple store, and that has a great content from the book. All of this is on my website, thecareertoolkitbook.com. 
Amazing. I recommend everyone hit that up. It will be in the show notes as usual. And hey guys, this has been Jaren today. If you're wanting more leads and more appointments, we know the ultimate ways to gain credibility. That's with the power of social proof. If that sounds interesting to you, be sure to hit up the loopguy.com. Mark, my man, it has been awesome having you on. Do you have any other pearls of wisdom you would like to share with our audience? I'd like to go two other pearls of wisdom. First, a little deeper on what you said about training up the sales guy. And remember that as you scale a company, because this is what I've done throughout my career, it's going into early stage companies, going into often A round companies, getting them to B, C, D. And it's remembering that what works at one scale does not work at the next scale. So for example, you, you talked about the salesperson, right? And you can't just say, hey, salesperson, go sell. You at that scale have to figure out how do I sell this? Okay, then what happens? You take your first salesperson and say, here's what I've learned about selling and let me train you up. Now that's gonna suck up a lot of your time and that's fine. And this salesperson is also still learning, right? You didn't figure out everything about selling to every type of customer. So you get another few salespeople. If it's, let's say enterprise sales, each of those early sales calls, the first three, 10, it's very much all hands on deck, right? You're figuring out what does the customer want? Oh, they ask for this quick, get marketing and tech in here. Can we do it? That's fine for your first handful of customers. Then you have to make a process that's a little more scalable, right? Then you're going to smooth out. Okay, they're asking for this. Let's create collateral. Let's create an onboarding process. The phase after that, and there might be intermediate phases, but your end state might be you're hiring some 23-year-old right out of college who's saying, sit here. Here's a list of leads. Here's the script. Here's how you handle objections. Here's all the materials. Smile and dial and start going out. And that's not something you could do way back when you started. And this is true. We're using sales. This is true for technology teams. It's true for finance, for all these things. So recognize what has worked the past 6, 12, 18 months at your current stage may not work for your next stage. Always think about what stage am I in now? What is right for this stage? So that's the first thing I'd suggest. The second, uh, we've talked about these skills. Here's the secret to learning these skills. They are different than how we have learned in the past. I'm guessing most of the listeners went to college, certainly all of us to high school. And what happened? You sat in a room and the teacher said, memorize this. Here's the formula. Here are the history dates. Just write it down, memorize it. That's great for what you learn there. There is no formula for leadership. There are no three things to remember to become a master communicator. These are subtle, complex fields. The best way to learn these skills, the way we teach them at MIT, the way they're taught at top business schools is through peer learning. So get a group of peers, and I use that broadly. If you're still in a larger corporation or smaller corporation, get some coworkers. If you're a founder or entrepreneur, get other local entrepreneurs in your community, or just get friends or start a local meetup group of people interested in developing these skills. Then what you want to do is take some content. So for example, you can take my book, you chop up into different pieces, and there's a free guide on the website for how you can chop it up. And you can say, okay, let's read this section and let's discuss it because how you might approach a communication challenge is different than how I would approach it. And we say, oh, wow, I never would have thought of that. I'm so glad you brought that up. And that helps deepen my understanding. 
It's by talking through these real world examples. And just so you don't think this is some ploy for me to say, get your friends to buy my book, you can go download that free resource guide on the resources page on the website and then use other books. Use any book you like, ones on list on our website, any favorite book, other content online. Use a great podcast like this one. Get that group, listen to this podcast every episode and discuss the podcast. The point is you want to have that discussion group and that's what's going to solidify your understanding of these much more advanced and subtle skills. That's very powerful. I mean, I used to have a goal of, I would read X number of books a year. It would just be an arbitrary amount. But as I've matured, I've, instead of that, I set a goal of how many books I'm going to reread. And then I take those books and I discuss it and revisit it with people. And because each time you reread a book, your level of understanding has deepened and your ability to apply the information has changed. So that is really powerful. I like that. Hopefully these tips and all the others we spoke about will help the listeners get more out of their businesses and their careers going forward. Boom. Let's go. All right, everybody. This has been the business talk with Luke Guy and team show, and I'll talk to y'all next time. <laughs>